Okay, so just like I just barely said, to, after today, you won't see the world the same as you did before. So you're going to think, well, what does this have to do with helping my child with anxiety? What does this have to do with helping my child learn new behaviors and better behaviors and um, ways to feel more confident and stop having self-doubt? And I just want you to hold the faith that it will tie, I will tie it all in um, eventually, okay? So the first thing that we're going to talk about here is how I know that you are here to help your kids. I am just trying to get into my notes here. I know that you are, it's either, it's a combination of a couple of things, right? Maybe they're causing so much pain in your home, your teen, because of their emotions that it's like, I don't know what else to do, right? You're you're just struggling to figure out things for yourself on how to manage the home because of your child's behavior. So there could be that going on. Maybe they your your relationship is just great, but they can't seem to get over their anxiety and their anxiety is causing you more anxiety. And it's just causing like the level of anxiety in the home is just all the way up to here because because of everybody's emotions, right? That could be happening. Um, or a, a combination of a lot of different things, right? Like you could be dealing with a really troubled teen, right? Someone who's really struggling right now with friends, with lying, with cheating, with stealing, with maybe getting into alcohol and drugs and things like that. And things that feel so out of your control that you just don't know what else to do. And it's like, you've taken the phone away. You've taken all the privileges away. They can't drive their car. They're just so unmotivated to go to school or get anything done. At this point, it's like, mom and dad, what else can you do to punish me? Right. And, and it goes in the cycle of, okay, well, we take the phone away. But and then their behaviors change a little bit because they want their phone back. And then we just get stuck in the same cycle and we can't seem to get out of it. And the whole time, your relationship with your child is just distancing. You guys are getting um, further and further apart from each other, which makes it so much harder for the discipline that you're trying to implement for it to actually even work. So let's go back to the very basics of discipline here. Um, and you may not feel like you need to discipline your child right now. That's totally fine. Some of my clients, their parents, it's like, this doesn't have a, an, anything to do with um, consequences or discipline. It's just, I'm seeing my struggle and so much pain and suffering and having a hard time going to school or making friends that, that that's really hard for all of us. But for the ones who are like struggling with discipline, the first thing you need to know about discipline, and you may already know this, is that that word actually means to teach. So when you think about that, how does that change how you want to discipline? If you're like me, you probably grew up thinking that discipline and even into your parenthood, that discipline means to like teach a lesson, right? That we're like, you can't get away with that. Or to, that it means to punish, right? Or to have consequences. And what I want to offer here is that the only reason why we want to have consequences for our kids is so that they will learn from those consequences. And our kids do not learn, number one, if there's no communication, if it's like, hey, mom said this, so that's just the way it is. Our kids don't learn that way. Our kids don't learn from consequences that are not in relation to the behaviors and the actions that they're taking, right? Our kids do not learn um, 
if we are not modeling what we want our kids to see. So a lot of things need to be happening for your discipline to actually be working. And trust me, this is something that I am continually always working on because I have the tools, right? But I'm not a perfect person and my kids are forever changing. It's like, I finally get this kid down. I have four kids, you guys. So I finally get one kid down. I figure out how they work. And then I've lost someone else along the way and I have to figure out how they work. And it's just a never ending feeling of having to keep up with wanting to raise successful, happy, smart kids who feel like they know who they are. Um, And that is my goal here. And to do all of that while maintaining a relationship with you, right? Because maintaining a relationship with you not only benefits both of you, but it benefits them so much. I want you to think about if you have connections in your life, meaningful connections, especially with your parents and those who mean a lot to you, it makes life so much more enjoyable. It makes life so much easier. There's there's something to look forward to, right? Um, and so this is for your kids. All right. So um, the thing we're talking about today is looking at our circumstances in our life and figuring out in those circumstances, what is a fact and what is a story? Okay. So I want you to think about the last circumstance that happened right? Maybe with your child, maybe with um, somebody spilled stuff all over the floor. Maybe you walked into your child's room. Maybe you had an encounter with a coworker or with your spouse or with your child. Think about that situation. And we're separating facts from story. Okay. So I will give you an example here. Let me think of one. (laughs) So my, mm, let's not do that. Let's do something just about me. Okay. So for today, just for today. So I'm supposed to, I was supposed to be watching my sister's kid, kids this morning at nine o'clock and I'm taking my kids to school and I see her on the way to school. And she's like, what? You're supposed to be home. Why are you? She was going the opposite way to my house. Right. She's, I could tell she was like, okay, you got to get home right now because I'm dropping my kids off right now. And I got to go in my meeting. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, uh, you never told me like that I that you were coming at 8.45. You told me 9 o'clock. And so I thought I had enough time to drop my kids off at school, which I have to do, and to be home, right? So I could have very easily gotten frustrated by that situation. She could have gotten frustrated by that situation. And there was a little bit of like annoyance there, I would say, okay? So what, that's just a story, a circumstance that happened in my day-to-day that caused a feeling, right? Our circumstances are causing a feeling. What in that story is a fact and what in that story or in that circumstance is a story or the story I'm telling myself, the thoughts that I'm thinking about what happened, right? So we're going to separate it out. Facts. I saw her driving this morning, right? She saw me driving this morning. She told me that I needed to watch her kids at nine. Those are really the only facts, right? Some of the thoughts I'm thinking, she's super annoyed with me and frustrated with me and I'm going to make her late to her meeting and other thoughts. She never told me like, why is she frustrated? She has no reason to be frustrated. Um, Other thoughts. How am I going to make it in time? Um, I'm never going to make it in time. I'm going to make her late to her meeting. She's going to be annoyed with me. She's going to be bugged with me, bugged with me. (laughs) She's going to be bugged. 
Um, I should have left earlier, right? All these thoughts. And then there's only a few facts, if you can think about it. I saw her driving to my house on my way to school, okay? And she told me she needed me to watch her kids at night. So by separating those two things, what we get to see is what we have control over, which is the thoughts, and what we don't really have control over, which is the facts of what happened, right? When we're looking at it afterwards, we don't have control over that. It's just a fact. Everyone in the world would agree that that's what happened. We would all agree, right? So here's what I want you to know about facts is that we can make them mean whatever we want them to mean, right? We can make them mean whatever we want them to mean. And it takes awareness and it takes practice and it really takes a lot of thought to actually make circumstances mean what we want them to mean. So for that situation, and I'm going to do another example of your kids here in a second. For that example of my sister, I could have made it mean she we're, she's just going to have to figure it out, right? It'll all work out. It's all going to be fine. She can get to her meeting on time. I'm here to watch her kids. It's all going to work out. It's all going to be fine. That's a thought I could have thought at that moment. I eventually came to that, but it took me a second to come to that. That was not my initial reaction, right? And when I think it's all going to work out, how do you think that makes me feel? More calm, right? Not stressed out, not overwhelmed, not annoyed at my sister, right? Instead of she should have done this, I should have done this. Why am I late? Guilty, my, making myself feel guilty, shaming myself kind of, kind of shaming her, being frustrated at her. I can choose what I want to think in that situation. And um, let's apply this. Well, first of all, I want you to think about why that's important. How could that actually apply to your child's situation right now? I'm going to tell you how it will apply to them and how this, how I use this with kids in sessions with them when I'm in sessions with them so we will do we'll do this quick example a lot of the times kids going from elementary school to middle school they struggle right they're having a hard time because it's so different for my daughter she has ADHD and I think the pat the fast pace has actually made it a lot easier for her, which is super interesting. But for a lot of kids, especially kids who are having self-doubt and anxiety, it makes it harder for them to go into a bigger school with lots of classes and lots of people moving around and having to get from class to class and keeping track of all the homework and keeping like being able to study for everything and then signing up for sports and kind of um, losing friends along the way because there's other people to choose from. So middle school can be a really difficult time. And my daughter's is actually called intermediate school, not middle school. But most people, they call it middle school. So let me see. Oh, okay. My husband was calling me and I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't an emergency. He doesn't normally call me during the day. He normally texts me. Okay. So, um, so for example... 
I had a client who was really stressed out moving from elementary school to middle school because just because of the amount of people that were at the school and how hard it was to get from class to class, from one side of the building to the other side of the building and having all those people in the hallway. So this this um, client of mine was really stressed out and struggling and it made it really hard to want to go to school, right? It made it really hard to focus in class when you're like, oh, how am I going to get to my next class without getting shoved in the corner and without getting any tardies? Um, and so let's just, that's the circumstance, right? Is moving about in the school, having to go from one class to the other class and not wanting a tardy. So we had to think about this in a little bit of a different way because some of the thoughts that this client was thinking was, I'm going to get a tardy and then I'm going to, um, and then I'm going to get off the list of people who don't have tardies. And then I'm going to be a failure and then I'm going to have to have detention and then I'm not going to have my Saturdays free. And then I'm going to miss my sports activities. Right. And you see like just the spiraling of thoughts from the circumstance. And what are the facts of the circumstance? The facts are this teen has one class on one side of the school and has to has five minutes to get to his other class before the bell rings, right? That's the facts. That's it. And there's people in the hallway, right? So we had to look at it a little bit of a different way for him to feel better about the facts. Our brain likes to look at circumstances. It's doing its job and it pumps out thoughts, right? Over and over and over again, all sorts of different thoughts. And they're usually, unless we've practiced a lot, they're usually, they usually tend to be a little bit more negative, especially for kids who have anxiety. And so what happens is they think these thoughts, they believe these thoughts, and then they have more anxiety. They start with anxiety they think thoughts that make them more anxious and then they have more anxiety about it. And the whole day, imagine being a, a teen in middle school, the whole day, six hours, seven hours in school, feeling anxious. How are you supposed to focus, right? How are you supposed to make friends? How are you supposed to look confident and feel confident so that you can attract other people to be your friends? How are you supposed to focus on... um the tests that you're having or the materials that are being covered or um, the extracurricular activities that you have after school when you're so focused on just trying to get through the hallway. So we're going to break down the thoughts and we're going to choose to believe better thoughts that actually help us to feel better. It's not going to go from feeling anxiety to feeling amazing, right? But a feeling that is better than anxiety to help us get through the halls, okay? To help this client get through the halls. So he's separating, okay, he's aware of all the thoughts he's thinking. That's number one. We have to be aware of what's happening, of the thoughts that we're thinking. And then number two, we wanna be aware of the facts because we can think whatever we want about the facts and just to notice you're thinking all of these things, all of these negative things about your life and about, the tension and about your tardies and about how you're going to run over in the hallways. These are the things that your brain is thinking about these facts. That's number one. We want to be super, super aware. So um, 
Any questions with that? I want you to take a second and think if you have any questions. So we're aware of it. And then the question that we ask ourselves is, do we want to keep thinking this? Right? Your child, this is a question that we come to in each session is, does does this benefit you at all? The, the words that I like to use is, does this serve you in any capacity to continue to think that if you are tardy, that your life is going to fall apart or that you're going to fail all of your classes or that you're going to get detention? Does that serve you? And do you want to actually continue to think this? And, you know, most people, once they're aware of it, they're like, no, I actually don't want to continue to think that because I can see exactly when I think that what it makes me feel and how it affects the rest of my day. So, no, let's not think that anymore, right? Our thoughts are so automatic that they almost don't feel like choices. But what we want to know, what you want to know for yourself and what we want our kids to know is that they are, they are choices, we want them to be aware of what's happening in the moment, right? Um, so let's see. I already went over this, but I just want to go over it again. Is that our brains are programmed to look for the negative. So it's looking for ways that ultimately, if you think back to like the caveman days, our brains were used to like help us not fall off a cliff, right? To help us not get eaten by the saber-toothed tiger, whatever was out there to help us not eat the red berries, right? We needed to survive. And so our brain, that's its job, is to help us think so that we can survive. And so what's happening now with kids is that um, we don't have that anymore, right? We don't have, we have grocery stores where we can buy food. We have homes that keep us nice, safe, warm, protected, and so our kids, are, our brains are still basically the same. And so they're looking for ways out in the world that aren't safe. And for this client, it was the hallway, right? It's not as dangerous as like going off of a cliff or getting eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. But can you see how in this child's mind, it's almost as threatening. It feels threatening because of the anxiety that it's causing. So our brains are still looking for danger, even though we don't live in a world that has as much danger as it used to. Um, <clears throat> so number one, we want to be aware of the thoughts we're thinking. Number two, we want to give ourselves a choice, give ourselves an option. Is this a way that we want to choose to think? And if not, then we get to go to a better, we don't go to rainbows and daisies all of a sudden, like I said, but we do get to, it's a, it's a stepping stone, right? It's a, it's a baby step. We get to go somewhere that's a little bit more believable. <clears throat> so the best way to do this is to look at the facts. I have to get from one class, one end of the building to the other end of the building in five minutes with people in the hallway. And one of the questions that I asked this client was, how do you want to feel while you do that? Because that's something that you do have to do every day, multiple times a day. I want you to actually be aware that you get to choose how you want to feel when you do this. So how do you want to feel? And most people, most kids are, are not going to say, I want to feel amazing and happy, right? Some people will say that and I'll be like, okay. We're probably not going to feel amazing and happy right away. We can 
absolutely get there after work and practice for a while, but what's the next best feeling besides this anxiety? And one of the words that came up was, I want to feel calm. I want to feel like I can do it, right? Like I'm going to be safe and I'm going to be able to make it. I want to feel confident. So then the next question is, okay, well, how do, when we're looking at this facts of having to get from one class on one side of the building to the other class on the other side of the building in five minutes, if you were to feel calm, why would you be feeling calm? And I can't remember exactly what we came up with, but it was like, because I know I'm going to eventually get there, right? I'm going to eventually get there. Instead of, I don't know if I'm going to get there. I'm not sure I'm going to make it on time. How am I going to do this? I'm going to miss my turn, right? (laughs) No, it's like, I'm going to remind my brain who's freaking out over here that I'm going to eventually get there, buddy. It's kind of like talking to um, a toddler almost. It basically is. It's talking to a toddler saying, hey, guess what? We're actually going to get there. I promise you. Like, think about your toddler who wants to go to a birthday party and thinks you're late and thinks that their whole life is going to be over and they're going to miss the presents and they're going to miss the cake and they're going to miss all the fun activities. And you as the parent, you're going to be telling your child, we're going to make it, bud. Like, I promise you, we're going to get there. We're not going to say, you're not going to miss everything. We're not going to say, you're going to, it's going to be perfect and wonderful, but we're going to say, we are going to get there. I promise you, we will get there. And that's basically what this client is going to be telling his brain. So what's going to happen in this situation is he's probably not going to get it right the first time, right? Maybe the next day he went to school, he didn't realize, he wasn't aware of what was happening until he got to class, right? Maybe he was still stressing on the way to class, but in class, he was like, oh, right, like I did get here. And remember what Britt talked about and what we talked about in our session, and we did get here. That's awareness too, even if it happens after the fact. So this can happen with you and like yelling at your kids, right? Maybe you have a goal of not yelling at your kids. And um, today you already yelled at your kids, right? But you're sitting in your room, they're all, they're all at school, and you're like, oh, man. I could have done that differently. And this is how I could have done that differently. And this is how I could have thought about that situation. And these are, this is the feeling that I actually wish I would have had in that moment instead of frustration and anger. Maybe I could have had understanding. Maybe I could have had compassion. Maybe I could have had um, confidence and trust in my child. Right. And then, and then we get to like that awareness. Can you see how that awareness even after the fact is so beneficial because the more we practice it after, the easier it is for it to start happening in the middle, right? Like while in the moment of while the anxiety is happening or the stress or the overwhelm or the yelling is happening, you can stop ourselves in the middle of yelling. Or this child could stop himself in the middle of the hall and be like, okay, I'm gonna do my breathing exercises that Britt taught me. I'm going to take a few deep breaths and then I'm going to choose to think something that is going to help me to feel calm. One of the things that we came up with was I'm going to get there, right? I'm going to get there. So what if I get a tardy? I will figure that out later. I don't need to figure that out now. I will get there. And then the more he practices that, then, then we can get to prevention. That that practice is happening before 
he even gets to school or maybe the night before. And so then we're preventing that whole entire episode on the way to class. Okay. So I hope you can see the benefit of really separating facts from thoughts. This is a practice your child can do in their daily life that will give them so much more control over their anxiety. What we want, we're we're going to experience anxiety. Everybody experiences on some level. But what we want is for that anxiety to affect us less. What we want is for that anxiety to not be in the driver's seat, to not hold your child back from making friends or from going to school or from competing on the soccer team or from creating a business or from getting good grades in school, right? We want them to have the confidence. We want them to have um, belief in themselves. And so this practice of being aware of your thoughts feeling like you can control your thoughts, that you have control, right? That you um, get to choose what you want to think to control how you get to feel. That, my friends, is so powerful for your kids to even just be aware of and then to practice it in their daily lives and to apply that to the situations where they're feeling so much anxiety. So, um. If that is something that you want your child to do in a session with me, then please sign up for, um, you can sign up for sessions. Every single week I post my availability, um, some of the availabilities that I have um, after having my regular clients. And you can sign up for one of those. You can comment on the photo. You can also send me a message. Um, If you feel like, hey, I need to, number one, figure out if this is going to be a good fit for my child, if this is actually what I want to do, have Brit work with my child, then then sign up for a free call. You can always click on my schedule. I'll post it in here and sign up for a free call where you and I will meet together one-on-one on Zoom and we will go over exactly what you're concerned about with your child, where you'd like to see your child go, and then how I would, um, the things that I feel like are necessary to move forward to get your child there. And then if it's going to be a good fit to work together. So that is actually, that is a pressure free call. It is just a consult call to make sure that it's going to work, to make sure that it's exactly what you're looking for, exactly what your child is needing right now. Um, and then after that, usually it's a good fit. If not, I will absolutely tell you if I feel like Hey, you actually, it sounds like there needs to be more work than I'm able to provide. If there's any sort of, um, you know, self-harm going on or things like that, then let's look elsewhere. Um, that is something that I will also say. So I hope you guys can see how separating facts from thoughts is so, so useful to everyone with a brain, especially your kids who are experiencing anxiety. And this is something that they can practice. I'm actually going to eventually come out with like a journal, something like this, where kids can write their thoughts down, separate the facts from the thoughts, and then have prompting questions to where it's like, how do we want to actually navigate this situation so they can do the work on their own? Um, And after your kids have worked with me for a while, that's what they end up doing is they, they're so used to thinking that way and, and looking at things differently that they can grab a notebook and a pen and paper and they can process it and work through it on their own so that they have the skills to go throughout their own life without needing extra help all the time. 
I'm always here to work through things, but if they can start to learn how to do it on their own, imagine how much that puts them ahead of the game when they become an adult, right? When they become a mom, oh my goodness, becoming a mom has been a really hard, stressful thing in my life. And I wish I had those tools at the very, very beginning. I wish I had those tools actually, to be honest, I wish I had those tools at the time when I could articulate how I was feeling because that would have changed how I felt about myself all throughout going all through school. I'm not, I don't have any regrets and I don't wish that things would have been different because who I am today, I'm really grateful for who I am today. And I've worked really hard to be here, but I do feel like I did miss out on the opportunities that I had as a teenager or even as someone in college to really feel like I know who I am. I'm confident in who I am. And I get to go out and dance on the dance floor or talk to boys, my goodness, or make really good lifelong girl friendships, those types of things um, that I, I had some of that, but to, it would have been great to have more, right? It would have been great to feel more confident in who I was and, um, to feel less anxiety and stress and overwhelm with all the things that kids are facing these days. So, all right, you guys, <laughs> this picture came up on my phone. Look how cute. Those are fake, um, Halloween teeth. <laughs> so cute. All right, you guys, I hope you're having a happy Tuesday. Feel free to schedule with me if that's something that you feel like, um, could be beneficial to you and your child. If not, and you want to try to work this out on your own, that's totally fine. Use these videos. There are so many videos in this Facebook group that could be so benefit that will be beneficial to you. If you take the time to listen to them, they're also on my podcast, listen to them and implement them. Um, that's going to be a game changer for you and for your child. All right, you guys, peace out. I hope you have a wonderful Tuesday and I will see you next Tuesday. Bye.